Good morning. I want to welcome you to our church today, and uh, we are continuing with a series that began last week, it started last week, entitled Rings. Uh, Pastor Lynn kicked that off, and sharing about what marriage is, what marriage should look like, and what marriage is all about. Now, if you're a recent attender of Day 3, and you've been attending since last February, or you uh, started attending since September when we had our macho series, our men's series. Last February we had a series for women entitled Beautiful. Today, uh, not sure if today may possibly be uh, one of the most uh, tense services that we've had since those two series. Not sure about that. We'll, we'll determine that at the, at the end of the time. But uh, this service here may be a little bit tense, especially for the men in the room, which is good because I like it when it's tense in the room. And what that usually means is God is up to something, and God's on the move, and God's active. And so that may be the case for you today, men. If, uh, if it feels a little tense in here, that's uh, maybe the Holy Spirit just knocking on your door, hoping to get your attention. Uh, some of us, it takes a, a toothpick. For some of us, it takes a two-before upside the head for God to get, us, get our attention. So we're going to start off with prayer today. But before we do, I need to share two things, two rules for the women. Two rules for the women. You cannot, ladies, if your husband is sitting beside you, you cannot do this right here. Hear that? Hear that? Hear that? Okay. That is off limits. Cannot do that. Second thing is this. You cannot give the bug eye. You cannot give the bug eye and look. Do you hear what he said? Don't do that. Okay. Two rules, ladies, you cannot do today. Okay. Because we want men to be, or we want our men today to be focused on what we are talking about today. But like I said, this is going to be a little bit intense, and it's either going to be men, it's either going to be challenging for you today, one, or two, it's going to be really encouraging. So we will just have to see. You know, Pastor Lynn stated last week that he would not be your friend if he did not tell you the truth. I believe that with all my heart. I agree with that. The same is true today. The same is true today. I'm going to tell you the truth based in God's Word. I want to add something to that. I'm going to be obedient to God today. Men, if that means losing your friendship, <laughs> sorry. Because I have to answer to him at the end of the day. And uh, so I'm going to be true to that. I have to answer to him. So what we're going to do today, we're going to start with prayer. And uh, we're going to ask God to just to prepare our hearts. Ladies, if your husband is sitting beside you today, I want you to pray for your husband. That God would just steal his heart. And just for him to listen and apply what he hears, okay? Join me in prayer. God, I thank you for this day, God. I thank you that we could be here today to worship you. Lord, I thank you for all who are here. Lord, I ask that you be with us as we look in your word today. Lord, help us to apply it. Lord, I pray for the men in the room, the married men the single men, the teenage guys, Lord, that would, we would hear, hear from your word today. Lord, for those men who are not here, but their wives are, Lord, I ask that you help them to not be so judgmental today, but to listen as well. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. All right. Now, I'm not going to sit here all the time, 
okay, even though it feels good. <laughs> How many of you men have a recliner at home, a lazy boy? Amen. Those are ordained by God, okay? I thank God for the man that he created who invented the recliner. It is a godsend. It is a godsend. You know what's funny about lazy boys, recliners? I know some men who are lazy boys when it comes to their spiritual lives, when it comes to living for God. I want to describe something for you that you may have seen, an illustration uh, to help us get going here this morning that you may have witnessed yourself. I've witnessed this more than one time, let me tell you. Been in a restaurant before, and you know, you if you're standing in line and uh, you see uh, a family come in, husband, wife, kiddos, and, and the 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 woman gets in line with the kids, you know, like ducklings behind her. She approaches the counter, orders everything, and, and the man's kind of standing back. You know, uh, Sandra done the same thing for, for us when Adam and Emily were small. She took care of that for us. She ordered for them because I, I always got confused because I was <laughs> focused on what Daryl wanted, you know, hold the pickle, hold the onion. But Sandra, she could, she could, she could do all that, okay, but I got confused, like I said. I've seen before when the, a family comes in like that, and the man, he kind of steps back, leaning up against the trash can. And one time I witnessed that uh, this family came in, and, and the mother is up there at the register, like I said, she's ordering, and one of their children, three or four-year-old, has a complete meltdown there in the restaurant. You've seen it. A complete meltdown there in the restaurant. And she gets frustrated. She, the mom likes to have things in order, likes the, the process to go smooth. And she, she turns and looks at her husband. Where are you at? Why aren't you helping me? And he goes, what am I supposed to do? Now, you may have seen that before in a restaurant. Like I said, I have many times. Now, scenes like that make me... me make me want to go really quick and be Billy Ninja Warrior. It makes me go from zero to PO'd in ten one-thousandths of a second. And I want to punch the guy. Okay? Now, you may be sitting there thinking, I never heard of a preacher want to punch somebody. <laughs> Welcome to day three. <laughs> Hold on. There's more to come. So if you were to uh, ask me, Daryl, what, what's one thing that bothers you? One thing that bothers me, guys, is passive men. Passive men. And if you were also were to ask me, what is one thing you believe, Daryl, that bothers God? I would respond, passive men. Passive men, I believe, bothers God. Single dude, if you are there, if you're out there looking for a wife, you're wondering, dreaming about a, a wife someday... I can guarantee you that a single lady is not sitting around waiting on a, a man to come in her life and praying to God, Oh God, I just ask that you please bring a man in my life who does nothing. A single lady is not praying that prayer, single dude. Women dream about the prince coming into her life, kicking the, the, the dragon's butt, and carrying her off and treating her like the prize that she is, that God's word tells us, tells us that she is. That is what ladies dream about now those of you dudes who are married and you know that 
you know who your wife wants you to be? Do you know, actually know, who your wife wants you to be? It's really simple. She wants you to be the man. The man. Just be the man. She doesn't go to bed every night praying this prayer. Oh God, when I wake up in the morning, please help me. Help me, God, to run over my husband today. Help me, God, to just flat his life. Help him, God, to be a passive man. In Jesus' name, amen. That prayer does not happen in a woman's life. I know of no woman that prays that prayer. You know why? Because women are looking for the man. So today I want to talk to us about biblical manhood because I think we live in a society in a world today that teaches something in direct, direct contradiction to what God's word says a man is to be. We need to become obsessed men with becoming more like Jesus. Become more obsessed with becoming like Jesus and becoming less like a movie star, Tiger Woods, some athlete. So if you're sitting there today and you're thinking, well, there are, I, you know, I wouldn't mind becoming a movie star. I wouldn't become, become, mind becoming a, an athlete or something. So I would, I would push back and say, well, who are you sleeping with this week? Hmm. Oh, yeah, I call it like I see it. You see, me and the challenge before us today is to become more like Jesus unless like the world's idea of a man the Bible has it right the world has it wrong society has it wrong culture has it wrong in fact this is no lie when I've challenged men to, uh, to step up and, and be more like Jesus I've had some men back away and tell me you know I don't know if I can handle that I don't know if I want to do that and some men have walked away from that you want to know why I think and why I know not think but I know why most men don't want to live like Jesus I know they don't. Really simple. If today's a typical Sunday in church in America, the attenders of church in America today, this day, this Sunday, the attenders will be made up of 40% men, 60% women. <laughs> so that's a sad stat, a very sad stat. So today we're going to look at the role of biblical manhood. And like I said, it's going to get tense up in here, again, which is good. But let me say this. Me and I want every man to look at me in the room, every man in the room, every teenage guy in the room, every married man, single dude, I want you to look at me. I have not mastered what I'm getting ready to share. I am no expert. I struggle with everything I'm getting ready to share with you. I am all, I'm not all that in a bag of chips. And I can <laughs> point you to many folks who would say amen to that. So I speak to you as someone who is learning as well. So we're going to look at some things, men, that we, including Daryl, that we can do to achieve what a biblical man looks like. What God teaches a biblical man looks like. The first one is this. What does a real man look like? Priest. He is a priest. 
a priest. Men, the Bible calls us to be priests. Now, ladies, especially you married ladies, let me back up and tell you something that is true that your husband may have, may have never shared with you, but it is true. And you may go home today and you may ask your husband, honey, is that true? Let me tell you, girls, ladies, it's true. Men in our society, in our world today, in our culture, face enormous, enormous pressure. Enormous pressure. And you may be sitting there, ladies, thinking, well, what about me? You're next week, okay? Your Sunday is next week. We'll talk about what a real woman looks like. But it's tough being a man because men are expected to be the leaders and decision makers. And that's where the pressure comes in. There's pressure in that, in fulfilling that role. Men, you know it's true. Day in and day out, you are confronted with decisions to make. Decisions at work, you know, what to do, processes, everything at work, your task at work. You come home, you have decisions to make. Decisions regarding your relationship with your wife. Decisions regarding uh, relationship with your kids. Decisions in that area as well. Enormous, enormous pressure. Numerous times I've been in situations over the years where it's required intense decision making. I've been on trips with our students, mission trips, uh, camp, where I've had to come down and make a decision regarding that trip, some facet of that trip's going on, and I've got to step up and make that decision. There's pressure. Being a leader in the home that God expects you to be men brings with it intense pressure. And the world tells us instead of stepping up and fulfilling that role, the world tells us to walk away. The world tells us to step away from that role and do not confront it. You want proof of that? You want proof of that? I can prove that just, just like that. There's a lot more single mothers in this country than there are single dads. There's a lot more kids in this country who know who their mom is than they know who their dad is. Can I get an amen? Sad, isn't it? There are many, many families in this country today that are falling apart, not because of what the mother has done, but because the man has not stepped up to the role of biblical manhood that God, that God desires for us for us to fulfill where do you get that daryl hmm funny this little book right here let's look at this verse from ephesians husbands love love your wives just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her now let's look at the church for a second you know, the church has been in existence uh, well over 2,000 years now. And the church has made some mistakes. You know, that whole Inquis Inquisition thing, that was not so good. And the Crusades was not a real good move either uh, by the church. Televangelists with bad hairdos. Not good. Some men spe uh, changing their speech pattern on Jesus. That's bad. That's real bad, okay? I'm just pointing out that, you know, over the years that we've given Jesus many reasons to walk away. But he hasn't. Jesus has stayed with the church. He's loved the church so much that he said, I am the priest 
I am serving my church. And the priest, folks, never gave up his spiritual role in the Bible. Jesus never has given up his role as the head of the church. And men, we are not to give up our role as head of the family. Jesus is like, I have loved you in the good times. I have loved you in the bad times. I have loved you in the wrong decisions you've made. I've loved you in the right decisions you've made. I've loved you when you're up here. I've loved you when you're down there. I have loved you and served you over the years. And men, that's the message that we need to get as well. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how many mistakes you make, I will love you. That is the message of Jesus to the church. You want to know what? That should be the message of men to their wives. Let me tell you something, men. Let me tell you something that your wife is looking for. Your wife is looking for a man who will look her in the eye and say to her, no matter what, I will never leave you. No matter what comes, I will never desert you. No matter what, it doesn't matter if our finances get pitiful. It doesn't matter if I lose my job. No matter if there's conflict with the children. No matter if something happens to one of our children. No matter what, men Women are looking for a man who will look in the eye and say, no matter what, I will not walk away. I will not leave. And you might be a single dude here this morning thinking, well, Darrell, I don't know if I can live up with that. I don't know if I can attain that status. Well, listen, if you don't think you can do that, you don't need to get married. You don't need to, in, to enter that relationship because women do not want a man, a man that will walk away. I could survey every married woman in this room right now and I could ask them this question. You ever wonder, the thought ever cross your mind what life would be like if your man walked away? And I bet most of them would say yes. When was the last time, men, that you have assured your wife that that would not happen? See, women want to... Uh, a man, guys, who will break away from the traditions of our society that say, walk away. When the situation gets tough, step away from it. But God tells us that men, we are to be in, to step up to the challenge. Now, I can understand why some, man, some, some men may struggle with wanting to be like Jesus. Because, uh, you know, it probably started in Sunday school when you were a child growing up and uh, your first uh, impressions of Jesus was flannel graph Jesus. And flat, flannel graph Jesus was always looked kind of pale and sick and, and uh, carried a lamb, kind of looked uh, uh, kind of wimpy and weak and, and everything. Some of your Sunday school teachers when you were children may have taught that Jesus was uh, that, that way and Jesus liked to listen to Elton John and drink decaf coffee. <laughs> no. Uh, Jesus, yes, was humble. Yes, Jesus was a servant. But let me also point out to you that Jesus was a man. Jesus was a carpenter. He had calluses on his hands. He was tough. He was 
Amen. Do you know that one time he called the religious leaders in that day and time snakes? He called them serpents. He called them snakes, which in that day and time was the strongest uh, words of condemnation that you could speak to someone. He went to them and said, hey, listen, one time. One time, Jesus even went out. When they came looking for him, he went out and said, hey, I'm the man you're looking for. I'm the one you're looking for. Jesus was a man. You want a good picture of uh, an example of Jesus as a man? Let's look at these verses from Matthew. I love these verses. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making a den of robbers. Now, I want you to try your best to put your mind in this scene right here. I do not believe that Jesus uh, took off his, uh, his sash around his robe and went, You guys leave. You guys out of here. Shoo, shoo. I don't think that happened. I don't think that happened at all. Don't worry, my. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think he said, shoo, shoo. I don't think that went on. Look at these words here. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. <laughs> I can picture in that scene, you know, Christ getting really mad. Being a man, because he witnessed something that angered him. I can see the disciples standing by and watching this. And this is something the disciples did. Ooh, okay? I can see the disciples doing that. Can you not see that? You'll be all right. <laughs> see, he hit a real man. <laughs> okay? If your heart's beating extra fast, it's just, it's okay. You're good. <laughs> your mama's back there in that room if you need her. Okay, <laughs> now some of this that I've just talked about may have messed up your view of Jesus. And you've thought all along, you know, Jesus is just some weak guy, wimpy, carrying a lamb. Jesus was a warrior. Jesus was a fighter. He was not a wimpy person. That is a guy I can follow. Now get, get this. That doesn't mean, fellas, that doesn't mean that you go home today. Sit in your lazy boy and kick back and expect your wife or your children to come kiss your ring. That's not what that means. It's not what that means at all. You've got to understand, men, You've got to understand, if, if you don't hear anything else I say today, you need to get what I'm getting ready to say. If you do not lead your family, Satan will. It really is that simple. Where you get that, Daryl? Hmm. Well, let's look in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty 
than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, talking about Eve here, did God really say, this is Satan speaking, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, quote, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. Stop. Anybody this week got a phone call from Eve? Text message from Eve? Anybody this week got an email from Eve? And Satan said, you will not surely die. Hmm. The father of lies. For God knows that when you eat of, your, eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. Get this. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Here's the problem. Adam stood there and abdicated his role as the man. His role as the leader of the family. His wife was deceived. And because he was not stepping up, doing what he should have done, fulfilling that role, things fell apart. So me and you and I are called to be the priest in our home and the priest is called to serve the people and fight for the people and men you are called to serve your family and fight for your family and I'm going to tell you something men mm. I'm going to tell you something that your wife may have never told you but you need to hear that hear what I'm going to say if you would fight for your family for her for your kids as much as you fight for that promotion as much as you fight for that career, as much as you fight for, for improving your softball game, your basketball game, or your fishing, or your golf game, our family wouldn't have no problems. If you would fight just as hard for your family. The second thing, what a real man looks like, is that he's a prophet. Some of you guys are like, I'm a prophet? <laughs> you got to understand you're called to be a prophet, men, in, in your homes. Now, a prophet in the Old Testament was somebody who, who was responsible for speaking truth wherever he went, for sharing and telling people the message from God, sharing truth. And if we're not speaking truth in our homes, guys, then when something false comes into our homes, it can wreck our homes. Look at this verse from Ephesians 5. Still speaking about the husbands. To make her holy, cleansing her, how? By the washing with water through the word. Men, we're supposed to be men of this book right here. God's word. We're supposed to know the scripture. Now, I've heard many men say before, well, Darrell, I can't memorize Scripture. I just really struggle with memorizing and learning Scripture. Well, I dare say that uh, 
You could probably, if, if that is you, you may be able to tell me, though, who's won the Super Bowl for the last 20 years. <laughs> or you may be able to tell me uh, how to rebuild a, carbu a carburetor. Well, that's cool. I mean, that has real eternal value, you know, how to rebuild a carburetor. Or you may be able to tell me how to do an Excel spreadsheet. But you say you can't memorize scripture. Hmm. Me and you and I are called to know scripture, and that is where truth comes from, and it's to be spoken into our lives and in our homes. No, we're not passing out glow sticks today. <laughs> there are 168 glow sticks in this little vase or pitcher. Anybody know how many hours there are in a week? I just said it. 168. 168 hours in a week. Some of you men may have the opinion and the, uh, and the thought and the idea that, well, I, you know, I'm t I take my kids to church to learn about Jesus, which is cool. You know, we, we, we want you to bring your kids here so they can learn about Christ and, and, hear, and hear for them to hear that, that they matter to God, which is true. We, we ask you to do that. We, we, it is our privilege and honor to, to serve you in that way and, and to, to come alongside you and, and do that. Just one hour. An hour and a half we get a week, you know, with your children. But the reality is this. Your children should come on Sunday because they've seen Jesus the other 167 hours a week. We only have them an hour. An hour. So you tell me, please tell me, men, who wins? Who wins in that situation? You don't. I don't. And you should never, men, you should never... Be put yourself in a position that your children look to Daryl or look to Pastor Lynn or their Sunday school teachers as their spiritual hero. God forbid that you look at me or, or anyone else. But they should look to you as their spiritual hero. Why? Because they've seen you live it. The, under, the other 167 hours of the week. That's why they need to see that in your life. Men, you need to give them a reason to see that. See, we're not called to walk away from our kids. We're not called to walk away from them spiritually. We're called to embrace this role and speak truth into, their, into our homes and into their lives. Because who wins when we don't? For example... Dads, do you know what your children are watching on TV? Oh, preacher talking about TV. I'm not telling you to sell your TV. <laughs> do you know? Have you seen some of the cartoons in this day and time? I mean, they're, they're pretty dumb, ridiculous. And, and the dad is often portrayed in cartoons as the idiot in the home. He's the moron. And the kids get together with the dog and, and solve the situation for the week. And they go to dad and say, hey, here's a solution. And, you know, they get together with him and everything's cool with the end of the show. Have you seen what some of your teenagers are watching on TV, dads? <laughs> it's amazing how things have changed over the years. 
what was on TV when I was a teen to what is now permitted do you know dads what your kids are watching how they spend their time it is not the responsibility of your wife it is your responsibility as the man as the leader in the home it's your responsibility to make sure that your kids get this are becoming men and women of the word that they know this book do not shirk do not give up your responsibility in that area well I've heard some men say well Daryl I don't understand the Bible listen Daryl if, if you ever wonder Daryl loves the NIV this is what this is okay this is the translation I, 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 I'm always in. I'm always looking in that translation. Well, some people say, well, King James is the only really Bible. <laughs> that's your deal, man. That's not my deal. If that's good for you, that's good for you. Okay? It just makes common sense to me that if I'm going to read something, I won't be able to understand it. That's the NIV for me. But you need to make sure that your kids are in the Word, spending time in the Word. <laughs> and you do not need to be like this in your home in your recliner, in your living room, reading the Word, sitting there reading the Word, and you hear your children coming into the room. You're sitting there reading the Word, and God's showing you some great stuff that you can share and lead your family. And you hear your teenager coming in the room, and you do this. Don't do that. Be the example. Be the leader in the home that God calls you to be. Be the leader. Men, you want to know where your kids learn to cuss? <laughs> probably not. The, I mean, they probably learn it some in the school hallways, but uh, some of them may have learned it from dad. Men, you don't want your teenage son to be promiscuous? You might need to take down that calendar in your workroom. You don't want your teenager to speed? Take the radar detector off your dash, bro. You don't want your kids to get plastered on the weekend? Don't model it. Step up and be a man. Because I'm convinced of this, men, that if we would embrace biblical manhood, what this word teaches, what a man looks like, what a man should be, we could wipe out in this country, we could wipe out in one generation atheism. Because men have stepped up and fulfilled the role that God has called him to. And if we do that, you know what our kids will see, men? They will see, they will witness on display a man who is so in love with Jesus, who is so sold out to what that word teaches, that they can look at him. And they can make up, and God will use that to sear into their consciousness. I want to grow up and be like that. I want to grow up and be like my dad. My dad is my hero. We need to step up, guys, and be the prophet and speak truth into our homes and be men of the word. Number three, the protector. The protector. Now, this is the part that all the men get excited. Well, I can protect my family. And you need to calm down. Quit being a redneck. You'll be all right. Okay? It'd be okay. I did not say obsessor. I said protector. Protector. 
You ever notice this before, especially in boys dating girls? I didn't say men dating ladies. I said boys dating girls. That it takes the smallest thing to, to make a boy jealous. <laughs> it's funny. I'll step back and watch that. It's funny or heck. <laughs> I asked Sandra, I said, well, I like it. Oh, no, no. That's good. That's good. Cause embarrassing. Okay? Embarrassing. I remember one time uh, before I got married, uh, and some of you may have been this, the same as I was, uh, you know, got to serve as a groomsman in, in some of my friends' weddings because they got married before Sandra and I got married, and I was asked to be a groomsman. Adam got asked this weekend to be a groomsman in his first cousin's wedding, which is in August, okay? And I have been, you know, as groomsmen do, they're at the back door helping, ushering people in. And I had one time a man and wife come in, a man and woman come in, I assume they were married, and uh, you know, I s- stepped up there, you know, stood my elbow out, ready to escort the lady down the aisle. I got shoved out of the way. That's my wife. I'll take care of that. Whoa, dude. I'm just fulfilling my role here, man. I mean, she wasn't all that hot anyway, so you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I stepped away and let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. Again, I said protector, not obsessor. Let's look at back in Ephesians, verse 27. Still speaking about the husband here, fellas. And to present her to himself as a radiant church. Excuse me, Jesus speaking here, speaking about Christ. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, here we go, husbands. Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body. But he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. Just as Christ does the church. Men, we're called to protect our wives. We're called to protect our families. That is the biblical calling on our lives. Because Jesus, again, he's our example here. Jesus is our example. He is the protector of the church. You know, I've heard some, some people say, and I've read it, that some people think the church is irrelevant and the church is going to fail and the church makes no difference in the world today. Let me tell you, the church will not fail. The church will not end. And anybody who rises up against the church will fall. They will be defeated. And men, listen, listen. If anybody rises up against your family, you need to step up and protect your family in four ways, real quickly, four ways. First of all, protect your family financially. Protect your family financially. Men, you and I are called to lead in this area. Now, ladies, uh, I'm not saying you're not supposed to work. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not being all chauvinistic here. I'm just saying that men, that we're to set the pace in this area. Uh, Now, some, and I know some ladies work because they don't work because they want to, because they have to. I realize that. I'm just saying that men are to lead. When Sandra and I, let me back up. When I surrendered to call the ministry, I was working, uh, had a great job working for my brother-in-law, making unbelievable money. <laughs> unbelievable money. And so when I surrendered to call the ministry, I had to go, I, I kind of stepped back from that full-time and went more real, really big-time part-time and uh so sandra 
was really the breadwinner in our, in our home, and our family. And I became a full-time college student. And, uh, you know, college students are broke. I mean, they never have no money, okay? Never have no money. And, uh, I mean, I know because I was there one before. I mean, college students are so broke that they go to Kentucky Fried Chicken to lick other people's fingers, okay? That's how broke they are. I mean, it's, they're broke. They have no money. Ain't that right? That's right. So, I know what that, all that means, uh, you know, if, if the lady has to step up, you know, at times. Let me share something with the single dudes here at this point. I like talking to single guys. When we were in the beautiful series last March, and when we were in our macho series back in September, when, <laughs> whenever I was preaching, I got to share with the single dudes. I was a little, a little bit of tenseness right here uh, during those times, and uh, I may have said what I'm getting ready to say uh, back in those series. Not sure if I did or not, but uh, I'm going to say this here. You know, I've been asked by single guys, you know, before teenage guys, "What do I need to do, Daryl? What do I need to do to get ready for marriage?" <laughs> Three words. Get a job. That's it. Get a job. If she's a single godly woman, guys, single dudes, if she's a single godly woman in love with Jesus, her goal, get this, her goal is not to live in your mother's basement and play, with, play on the Wii with you and support you and encourage you in your part-time Domino's pizza delivery job. That is not her goal. She wants you to get a job so that you can financially provide for her and a family. Let me tell you something that a girl, uh, guys, does not want to do. She doesn't want to move again into your mom's basement, and I can assure you that. They want somebody who will provide for, for her. And if you have a problem with that, you don't need to get married. You don't. Because you are called by God to lead. Another way we can pr protect our families Men is we need to protect them physically. Protect them physically. Now, some of you men are like, well, I can do that. I can beat somebody up if they mess with my family. <laughs> that's good. That's cool. You know, you can beat somebody's tail. That's cool. That's a good cue. This is it. I'm not talking about that. In order, in order to physically protect your wife and family, listen. Listen. Everybody ready? You got to be there. You got to be there. That's not hard, is it? You got to be there. You got to be on the scene. Look at this verse from Proverbs 27. Like a bird that strays from the nest, its nest is a man who strays from his home. What happens to the bird that strays from the nest? It dies, it's lost its way, it's lost its sense of direction. Men, we're biblically called to be there. Well, you may be like, well, Daryl, I have a job that requires me to travel a lot. I understand that. Some jobs are like that. But I'm a, you know, I'll press back and say, well, did you volunteer to be the one who travels a lot? And some of you may say, well, Daryl, I, lo I love to play basketball and I love to play softball and you know, I love to hunt and I love to do this and I love to do that. Hey, I love to do all those things too. Just <laughs> when I was a lot younger, okay? But let me ask you this 
do you do those things because it's, it is an agreed upon, you and your wife, an agreed upon activity or you just do it to get away from your wife and family? Hmm. Men, she wants you to be there. Here is something to that I would encourage every man in the room to go home and do today or do tonight before you go to bed. To sit down with your wife and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, you and her. No noise in the background with the kids running crazy, just you and your wife. Look her in the eye and ask, define for me what success is as your husband. You tell me what it's going to take to be successful as your husband. And I dare say that if it is not the answer, it will be one of the top answers when she will reply, I want quality time with you. I want you to be home. Think about that. Men, if your wife says, I want you to be home. Think about that. I want you to be home. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I want you to be home. Some of you men may need to take a pay cut to stay home more. Uh, I don't know. that That's your call, man. But I do know this. You can only protect your family if you're present in the home. If you're present there in the home. C, the third way that we can protect our families, guys, is emotionally. Emotionally. You folks remember when gas prices got up to 450 not this past summer, summer four last, and how high gas got up during uh, the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina? You remember that? Did you ever go to a uh, gas uh, station, a gas place, a uh, convenience store, and fill up or to get gas, and you've seen people filling up milk jugs or filling up gas containers with gas? I've seen that before during those times. don't see it much anymore. But I've seen, I've seen that before, and I've seen a guy uh, had his tailgate laid open and had jugs there on the, on the tailgate and uh, you know, pumping that gas from one another uh, during that time. And you notice what I noticed in his, you know, you want to know what I've seen in his left hand? <laughs> a cigarette. Pumping gas, smoking a cigarette. I was in Caldwell County. That answers, that answers it all right there. Now, let me tell you, I did not continue to sit there in line. I got out of Dodge. Okay? I left because that was going to be a big kaboom if he made one easy, simple mistake. If he had the smallest of accident, it was not going to be pretty for him. He would have met Jesus real quick. Okay. Men, that's the same way that your wife may feel when you come home at night. It takes one thing to set you off. It takes one thing for you to explode. I'm going to stop right here. You really hit something hard. 
men, there is never, 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 ever, never, ever a reason for you to yell, scream, holler, or lay hands on your wife. Never should that happen. Never should that be the case. If you're a dude that hits a woman, you need to get some help. And listen, if you need to hit somebody, you call me. I will be glad to be your huckleberry. I will be glad to roll up in your yard, and I'll bring some men with me from this church like Jamie, Dave. We'll be glad to let you hit on us. Amen? You never have an excuse to hit a woman, men. Never should you do that. And men, you know what happens when you yell at your wife? You immediately shut her down. Immediately turn her off. Immediately shut her down. There is not a single woman that I know who sits around praying, asking God to help her husband to yell at her. That lady does not exist. Listen, one time Sandra and I were having a conversation. Do not recall what it was over. Daryl increases the volume as he was sharing. I did not say Daryl was yelling. Daryl increased the volume. Sandra immediately shut down. And I said, what's wrong? You yelled at me. I just talked a little bit louder. But what that told me was that perception for her was reality. So I know I can't do that. And men, that may be true of you as well. We're called to protect our wives emotionally. Men, if she is opening up to you and sharing her heart, you do not need to say these words right here. Do not say this. Well, that's stupid. You don't need to feel that way. Do not say that to a woman. Amen, ladies? Amen, ladies? Amen. Amen. Don't say that. <laughs> that is right. Do not say that to your wife. She wants to know, men, that she can tell you anything and that you will love her anyway. That's what she wants. But the flip side of that is this, men. You need to open up to her as well and share your heart with her as well, honestly sharing your feelings. Well, I'm not that emotional of a guy, Daryl. <laughs> well, yeah. You're not that emotional of a guy. But you will look like an idiot when you're cheering for your favorite team on Friday night at the football game, won't you? You will look like an idiot in your living room and scream at the TV because a guy drops a pass on Sunday at the NFL game. I'm not that emotional. If your guy wins the race today, I'm not that emotional. Yay, Jeff Gordon. <laughs> no, that will not happen. Okay? You're a liar. You are emotional, men. You are emotional. You know what I know, men? There's ladies all across America, and maybe some in this room, who would say, I wish he was as emotional about me as he is about that football team. Listen, guys, I'm guilty. I'm guilty, too. Like I said at the beginning, I'm, I struggle with this stuff, too. Last one, protect your family spiritually. 
protect your family spiritually. You know, I get a lot of stuff wrong in my life, and I know that. But this, and I'm, uh, I'm not bragging, this area right here I think I do decent with. And, uh, well, you may be sitting there thinking, well, duh, you're a preacher. You ought to get this right. No, no. I put my pants on just like everybody else. This Bible is, I don't have a direct line with God. I don't have a red phone at the house that I can you know, call God up and say, hey, God, I need help with this one. No, that doesn't happen. It took the same blood to cover my sins as it does to cover your sins. I struggle too. But my wife knows, my kids know that they can count on me to lead my family spiritually, to set the pace to be the leader. They know that when difficulties and trials come, I will lead. I will not give that up to somebody else. I will not give it up to a TV preacher. I will not give it up to uh, the pastor of this church. Do you hear that, men? It is not the role of me, my, my role as the associate pastor of this church. It is not the role of Lynn Parsons as the lead pastor of this church to be the spiritual leader of your house, men. It is your role to fulfill. It is your role to do. Single ladies, if you're dating a guy right now and he's asking you to do some ungodly things, things you know are wrong, he is not a godly man. He's not being like Jesus to you and he's being like Satan because he's trying to manipulate you to satisfy his weak ego as a boy. And single girls, if you think, single ladies, if you think it's going to get better when you get married, you are so wrong. Because all marriage does is magnify the problem that already exists if it's, a bad, if it's bad in the dating relationship, it's going to be horrible in the marriage relationship. I've seen it time and time and time again in my years of ministry. Verse 6, Genesis 3. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Who instigated this whole thing? Satan. And Eve. Where's Adam? He's leaning against the trash can. That's Adam. Verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Men love to run away. Don't want to step up. Don't want to fulfill the role. Who sinned? Eve. 
Who started it? The serpent. <laughs> but who, who did God come looking for? Hmm. He came looking for the man. Next verse. But the Lord God called to Eve. But the Lord God called to the serpent. But the Lord God called to the man. Where are you? I think that God is looking out across America today asking this same question of every man. Where are you? Men, we're called to biblical manhood. And as I was sharing today, some of you may have been sitting there and as I was going through the list, you're thinking, I, I do pretty good at that. I got that one. I check that one off. I'm okay with there. While still some, maybe some of the rest of you were sitting there and as I was sharing, some of you may have been sinking lower and lower and lower in your seat. You ever watched a football game before and uh, they line up for a field goal and uh, the guy misses it for some reason? Just hooks it, pulls it, whatever. He misses it. And all of a sudden, the, the camera shows the field and there's a flag on the field. Penalty. It's on the defense. He gets another shot. He gets another chance to kick the field goal. And, uh, you know, to make it. Another shot to win. There was a penalty one day. And there was a person who came and gave us a second chance. And that person is Christ, Jesus. Because of his sacrifice, we get a second chance. We deserve the penalty. But we get a second chance. And it doesn't matter if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you've not been the man that we've talked about this morning, you get a second chance. You get a second chance to step up and to be a biblical man. Some of you men here today, you may, de may need to step up and receive Christ. You can't spiritually lead your home, men, unless you know Jesus. It's really that simple. You can't spiritually lead your children because you are not a Christian. You can't lead your home unless you know Christ. So today is your chance to get that right, to change that. There's probably a man here today who needs to get some things right with God and be the man that God has called us to be. You can come to the front here and pray. In a few moments, Pastor Lynn and I are going to be standing here, and you can come and take our hands and, and ask us to pray for you, and we will be more than happy to do that, to pray with you and share with you. Ladies, when was the last time that you earnestly prayed for your husband? Again, there are enormous, enormous 
pressures in being a man today? When was the last time you lifted him up to the Lord? That God would protect him. That God would order his steps. That God would go before him. That God would give him wisdom in leading the home. That God would give him what he needs to be the husband he needs to be. That God would give him what he needs as a father. When was the last time you did that, ladies? Prayed for your husband. Men, are you the man that God has called you to be? In his word, are you that man? Let's pray. God, I thank you for this day again. I thank you that we were able to look into your word and learn so many things, God. Lord, there may be some men in this room right now who are really struggling in fulfilling the roles that you've given them as a husband, as a father. They're struggling with biblical manhood. But God, I so ask that you help every man in this room to realize and know, God, that we have a second chance that we can do better, that we can start afresh because of you. As you're sitting there this morning, I, I need to ask those of you who are husbands, when was the last time you really, really spent time in prayer for your family? That you spent time in prayer for your wife, who is the mother of your children? When was the last time that you did that, men? Again, ladies, when was the last time that you pray for your husband. He may not be, with here, be here today with you for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. But when was the last time you prayed for him? Single dudes, when was the last time that you prayed and asking God to help shape you into the man that he desires for you to be? A godly man. A man in love with Jesus. When's the time, last time you prayed about that? And the last challenge is this. Men, when was the last time that you and your wife may have came to the front of a church and, they, and you led in praying for your family? Some of you responded last week. That's cool. You can respond again today. <laughs> you know why? Prayer never gets old. God is willing and able to help. God is willing to give second chances. God, I ask you to bless this time now as we go forward in this response, God. That you honor yourself. And that you, Lord, give people strength, courage to take steps toward you today. Fortune Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you need to respond, again, Pastor Lynn and I stand here ready, willing to share with you. And whatever you...
whatever area you have need of. Husbands, are you setting the pace? Are you being the leader? Ladies, are you praying for your husband? Only you can answer that. This place here stands open for you to do that, okay? Let's stand. Will?